this last week we launched into one of the, the more important seasons in our tradition, our tradition as a, a church, one of the more significant times in the calendar that, that we follow. But just because we follow it here in, in our Christian tradition doesn't mean that every Christian tradition follows it in the same way. A, a professor and dean at Wheaton College whose writing I enjoy quite a bit, he, he wrote something this last Wednesday and he said, today is Ash Wednesday, or as Baptists like to call it, Wednesday. <laughs> Lent is intended to be a time for us to be intentional. A time for us to, to slow down. Kind of a time that's hardwired in our calendar to take a break and to focus on, on Jesus as we prepare, as we prepare for Holy Week, as we prepare for Easter. It can be uncomfortable, but it can also serve as an incredible kind of, kind of reset, giving us time to, to focus on how our faith shapes every day of our lives. As a church, we're, we're using a, a devotional through the season called Lent in Plain Sight as a guide. And uh, it's a small book that some of us are reading together. And it walks through kind of 10 object lessons or, or 10 things that we use in church, 10, 10 pieces of our, our ordinary worship life that is important to us as a kind of guided reading for us. And so some of us are reading through the devotional. We'll be sending out uh, a... a we have been sending out, I should say, a daily devotional every, every morning through our, our online, uh, sorry, through our, our, our email. And if you're not getting that and would like to, talk to one of your ushers on the way out and we can get you on our, our email. Um, guy and Greg Sprague will, will tell you how to get signed up for it. Uh, this morning, with, with it being Communion Sunday, we're going to focus a bit on the image of, of bread and remind ourselves as we heard in the first reading with Moses and the Israelites as they wandered hungry in the desert, that sometimes, sometimes God provides in unconventional ways. Our second reading is out of Matthew's Gospel from Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, and I'm guessing it's a, it's a scripture passage that most of us are, are familiar with. Jesus had just finished talking about how we are supposed to approach other people. How we're supposed to forgive, how we're supposed to love our enemies, how we're supposed to give to those in need. And then he turns from how we're supposed to approach other people to how we are supposed to approach God. He says, don't, don't be a, a hypocrite who turns to God with all kinds of theatrics. It's not a production. It's, it's not a show. Instead, when you pray, do not keep, an, keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need. Your Father will provide before you ask. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. 
This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now, while preparing for the sermon, I, I talked with my wife Haley and, and I said, hey, what are some ways in our life and our journey together that, that God has provided for us in some unconventional ways? I was trying to think of some, and, and she said, well, when, when we were in Malawi, t- tell a story about when we were in Malawi. Uh, we, we knew that we were taking somewhat of a risk. We spent a year serving a church in, in Africa, uh, but, but we, we knew there was some risk, but we didn't know all the types of risks that we were getting ready for. We knew there'd be risks that we would have to rely on God to provide for, for things like finances, for things like uh, health, but we were prepared to step out in faith in those ways. What we, we didn't know, what we didn't know and what we, we couldn't really be prepared for was how lonely it would be to be in a place without anyone else who understood our culture. To, to, to be in a place where, where we would use language and, and it would just be met with stares. What are you talking about? To, to be in a way, a place where every time we went somewhere, we had to pay certain attention to make sure that we weren't offending somebody because we were doing something wrong in their, their culture or where we had to listen very, very intently. We were constantly learning new language, new customs, having to explain ourselves. It was just exhausting. Then after a few weeks, our, our first few weeks there, we relied on, on church members to get us everywhere in the community. They were driving us to the grocery store, to the marketplace, taking us everywhere we had to go. We said, you know what? We're going we're gonna to take a step out in faith and we're going to go to the market by ourselves. Now, public transit in Malawi isn't quite like taking a bus here. Picture a, a Volkswagen van again. You know what Volkswagen vanigans are, right? Volkswagen van again with about 20 people in it and and somebody sitting in the the passenger seat leaning out the window their whole body saying town town area 47 area 12 that was their their public transit and so we, we got on a minibus not really knowing where we were going just said this guy said town so we're getting in the minibus and we went we went into town we went to the market we got our groceries then we got back on the minibus and sat down next to another american her name was was ariel and she and her husband nathaniel her husband be, became great friends to us they, they became the, those people that we could go to to unpack all the cultural nuances that we we were struggling to unpack ourselves god provided for us friends a, a slice of home through the act of getting on a minibus and going to the market when we pray give us this day our daily bread we're asking God to, to give us what we, we really need. And we're also acknowledging that when things just kind of happen, just kind of happen, like, like Ariel just happened to be on the minibus at the same time as us, that, that uh, she just happened to live a quarter mile from where we did, that she just happened to be struggling with the same things that we were struggling with. When we pray, give us this day, our daily bread, we're acknowledging God provides for us and that sometimes those things that we just kind of think happen is God providing. It's God's provision. From Passover to to the manna in the desert, 
to the feeding of the 5,000, to the Lord's Supper. Bread comes up over and over and over again in Scripture as an example of God providing for people. But it's not always literal bread. There's also other ways that God provides. Right right after Jesus gives us the outline of the Lord's Prayer that we just read about in the Sermon on the Mount, He turns to worry, focusing specifically on, on physical needs. He says, don't worry about what you will eat or what you will drink or what you will you wear. As Eugene Peterson translates, there is far more to your life than the food you put in your stomach. More to your outer appearance, appearance than the clothes you hang on your body. Look at the birds, free and unfettered, not tied down to a job description. Careless in the care of God. Careless in the care of God. And it, you count far more to him than birds. L- look at the wildflowers, most of which are never even seen. Steep your life in God reality, God initiative, God provisions. Don't worry about missing out. You'll find all your everyday human concerns will be met. Careless in the care of of God. What an incredible line. What what would it look like to actually live that way? To actually approach life careless knowing that we are taken care of in the care of God. One of the the many reasons that I'm grateful for our our preschool here at WPC is I'm given an example of how that looks every single day. If You want to see what it looks like to live carefree? Watch a bunch of preschoolers run around on a yard. They run around free to use their imaginations, laughing, exploring, telling stories to their friends. Kids can teach us all kinds of lessons if we will watch and if we will listen. Carefree in the care of God. I was preaching through the Sermon on the Mount when the world shut down nearly two years ago. And we took everything online. All of our worship services went online at that time. And and we just so happened to be on the part of the Sermon on the Mount about worry the week that everything shut down. There was plenty to worry about then. There's been plenty to worry about over the, the last two years. And there's still plenty to worry about today. But maybe, maybe our our discipline during Lent should be reminding ourselves that every time we sit down, every time we sit down to, to break bread, that God provides, that God has provided through the last two years and will continue to provide as we move forward. And it's not, it's not just our physical needs. It's also our spiritual needs. In fact, right before Jesus refers to himself as the bread of life in John's gospel, he calls out the people who who just kind of showed up to his teaching expecting a miracle. Those who somehow thought that they were entitled to a special meal. He says, look, if you want that meal that's really going to satisfy you need to set your, high, your, your sights higher. And the crowd responds, give us the bread. 
Give us the bread. We want the bread. They ask for something from Jesus. And he gives them something that they didn't expect, that they couldn't have expected. He gives them himself. It's a reminder that even the good things that the world gives us won't give us the sort of satisfaction that we're really after, won't give us the sort of satisfaction that we deeply need. So maybe, maybe as we sit down for meals during this Lenten season, in addition to being reminded that God provides for our our physical needs, maybe we need to remember that it doesn't stop there. That there's more to life than we see, and that God provides for those things too. And ultimately, everything the world offers, as I said, from the the stuff that we have to the relationships to the experiences to good food, none of which are inherently bad. I like good food. Anybody else like good food? There's good food out in the courtyard after church today, by the way. Um, Those aren't inherently bad, but they will leave us wanting something more. And Jesus offers that something more in himself. We see it again right before he he leaves the disciples, after he's crucified, after he's resurrected. He promises to them that they, they won't be alone, that an advocate is on the way. He provides in an unconventional way by saying, the Holy Spirit is coming. You won't be alone. They couldn't have expected God to meet their needs in that way, but but God does. I'd hope that sitting down for daily bread also reminds us that, that God is with us today. What if every meal, what if every meal we had was a reminder that the Holy Spirit is still on, on the move in our world now? Inviting us to be a part of what God is doing in our communities. What if every time we sat down for a meal, we were reminded of that? invitation. God provides for our physical needs. God provides for our our spiritual needs, often in unexpected ways. And an important part of that is recognizing that God provides for our rest. So when Jesus says those lines that are often used, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, I will give you rest. It's a form of provision. It's a form of provision. Now, I'm not going to, or I should say I am going to go out on a bit of a limb and guess that between Lent starting this year and Lent ending last year with with Easter, there's been a time or two that you've been tired. A time or two that you've been fed up. In, in the last year, maybe it's the back and forth of all the health protocols. Maybe it's the getting sick yourself. Maybe it's work. Maybe it's school. You, you, oh, and you just love school every day, right? Never fed up with school. Or maybe it's everything that, that's happened in these last couple of weeks internationally. Where you just say, ah, oh, I'm tired. Can I get an amen? I'm just tired. How many of us have been fed up in the last year, the last month, the last week, the last hour? The invitation that Jesus extends to find rest is an invitation to allow God to provide a resting place for you. So when you sit down for that that daily bread, I'd encourage you to, to take a breath, to eat slowly, 
to rest at the table while you are there. And also find some joy. God provides for our joy. In the Gospel of John, when Jesus tells his disciples that he would be leaving them soon, they're understandably upset. And he says, look, you're going to weep. You're going to mourn. But in the same way that a, that a woman giving child, or in childbirth sees her pain turn to joy, that will happen for you. Then he says, ask and you will receive. And your joy will be made complete. God longs to provide us with joy. It's why we get those, those glimpses, those moments, however small they might be, where everything just seems to click. And we can't help but respond, as the psalmist writes, with a joyful noise for the entire world to hear. So maybe... When you sit down for that daily bread, it's an opportunity to remember that God longs for you to be filled with joy. God provides for us in so many ways. These are really just just a few of them. God provides for our relational needs, our emotional needs, our need for purpose, our need for belonging. They're, They're all connected. And my encouragement for us this this Lenten season is every time we sit down for a meal, give thanks for the ways that God provides.